Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. You're listening to Double G Radio. To all the non-believers, how did that? To all the non-believers, anybody can be beat. Relax and enjoy our expert analysis of all pro teams in the concrete jungle. Can't wait! This is the Big Apple Sports Hour with Tatsuki and G. Here on blogtalkradio.com on the Double G Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Greg Larner, alongside Matt Stopsky. Matty, what's going on today, brother? A lot of baseball talk, man. A lot of uh, live trades. You know, it's a, it's a good time to be a sports fan. It's a good time to be alive, and it's a good time to be a New York sports fan. Well, Maybe not if you're a Met fan. The Mets are kind of doing something interesting, Matt. And I, and I know we really haven't talked too much about um, them being buyers, but that's kind of what they, they've been a little bit here these last couple of days. They've been buyers and sellers at the same time. Yeah, I would say probably a little more sellers, getting rid of Reed, getting rid of Duda. That, that seems like a selling mentality to me. Duda! Uh, I know. Dude. Oh. Can you see uh, Granderson holding on to Duda's feet as he left? <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very sad. Yeah, they had while. the... That, that's how I'm going to be when you leave for Lafayette. I'm, I'm going to hold you by your feet. Oh. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Well, you got to see me first, man. I haven't seen you in a while. I know. I know. We're, uh, we're, we're, I guess we're but, hey, breaking the... Uh, are you, are you going to be in... Are you going to be in New York this Saturday? Um... I can be. You want me? I can. I can try to be. Well, I am. Uh, I'm having a little going away thing on uh, on Saturday at a beer garden in Astoria. Come on down. Oh, I love the beer garden in Astoria. Yes, this place is the best. This place is the best. All right, Great. I'll take a try to get up there for that. Take a try to get up there. All right, cool. Sweet. That would be awesome. I, I mean, it's been a while since we've seen each other, so it would. Uh, it would be good. I saw you were out on a tour. And uh, what were you doing yesterday in Manhattan? You were touring around, sightseeing. You were all dressed up in your, your sports coat and your nice shirt tucked in and your slacks. Oh, yeah. It was my uh, my aunt's 60th birthday. So we went to the Water Club in New York. You know, way too expensive for me, but, you know, it was free to go. Uh, and it was it was a great there time. You know, you know my, uh, good, always good seeing the family. I talked to my New York Giants, New York Jets when I was there, you know. Very optimistic Giants fans, not so optimistic Jets fans. 
But it was good, man. Ate, drank in the water. Really can't complain. No, man, it was a beautiful night last night for it, too. I was stuck inside, and I, I sent you a picture. I just had the view of out of our window of the Empire State Building, and I had to be at work for eight hours. That was that was no fun. But let, let's get this out of the way because I, I know we always forget it right off the top. And, and again, this is the Big Apple Sports Hour with Stop Ski and G, where we're always in a New York state of mind, or an Empire state of mind, I should say. Um, on Facebook, you can find us at Stop Ski and G Podcasting, and then on Twitter, you can find us at Stopsky and G on there. Feel free to comment, tweet at us, whatever you gotta, you gotta do. We just put out the the uh, the post on Facebook. Sometimes we throw out videos, or I should say, sometimes I throw out videos and and uh, and whatnot for the shows. And we get different people on today. We're gonna have Nick Big. Uh, Big, I can never get his. I always just call him Nick Vig, uh, but his last name is Vigliotti. Nick Vigliotti of MLB Advanced Media. I work with him over there. He's going to jump on. He's a big Yankee fan and a Yankee guy. And uh, so he'll be, be breaking down the different trades and the different moves and the potential moves that the Yankees maybe are going to make before the Major League Baseball trade deadline that comes your way at 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time today. So a lot of moves I'm, I'm assuming going to be popping off at the deadline. And before the deadline, we saw – Jonathan Lucroy going to the Rockies yesterday, like you mentioned, Maddie Addison Reed going from the Mets to the Red Sox, the rival of the New York Yankees. And then, of course, we've seen the, the trades that the Yankees have made getting. And, and this was kind of an interesting one. And I'm going to bring this up when, when Nick comes on, but I wanted to bring it up to you uh, because I don't know if you realized it, that the, you, know, you know the Yankees just acquired Jaime, the, Jaime Garcia. I always want to call him Jamie, but it's Jaime Garcia. And, um, you know, he was on. Uh, he was on, geez, what was the original team he was on? Uh, but he got traded to the Minnesota Twins and he made one start. He was on the Braves. He got traded from the Braves to the Twins, made one start, and then the Twins immediately flipped him to the Yankees after that one start. <laughs> yes, I did see that. I, I, it was a very, very short-term need, I guess. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I guess so. He, his, his game wasn't terrible, I guess, for the Twins. You know, it was seven strikeouts, you know, four or five ERA. It's not, not the best three-earned run, so not not the greatest. But um, I, I don't know. I guess I guess they brought him in because they didn't want him that bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what they're doing. Um, that was, it was kind of interesting. I mean, you, you, you get him from the Braves, and then you immediately give him one star and flip him over to the Yankees. I mean, you get a couple – prospects or something i guess for the yankees rolling and maybe the twins are are beginning to realize hey we're, we're i mean it's nice that we're still kind of in this thing but i'm not 100 percent sure that we're going to be able to stick around so i don't know if we'll really need the services of high my garcia uh, as we get down the stretch here and as i'm looking over the standings in the central division yeah they've they've fallen off a little bit they're three games under 500 they're seven games back at the cleveland indians who are currently at the top of the AL Central with the Kansas City Royals right on their heels and just 48. So that should be an interesting battle the whole way down in the Central. In the East, we have in the American League East, we've got the Yankees who sit atop just a half game ahead of the Boston Red Sox. We're 57 and 49 nipping at their heels. And like we mentioned, they just got uh, a big boost into their bullpen and, and Addison Reed to go along with it and to set up with, 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 with Matt Barnes and Kimbrell at the back end there. I think that's going to be a good trade for the Red Sox. They didn't give up a whole heck of a lot if, if you're just kind of 
getting this news for the first time. I know it just broke about an hour or so ago. Uh, in the in return for Addison Reed, the Mets will get three right-handed pitching prospects: Jamie Callahan, Gerson Bautista, and Stephen No Nogasek. Nogasek, uh, something along those lines. Um, I, I don't really know, and I'm sure you don't know anything about these guys. If I don't know anything about these guys, I'm sure you don't know anything about these guys. Which guys? The guys for what trade? I might know a few. I, <laughs> I may I may know just enough. Uh, the guys the Mets got back from the Red Sox, Jamie Callahan, Gerson, Bautista, and Steven Nogasek. Nogasek? Yeah, I, so this is, this is what I know. I know absolutely none of them are ranked in the top 100 uh, minor league prospects by Baseball America. Uh, that's what I do know, which I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about that? Does Addison Reed seem like a hot trade commodity? I feel like he at least could have got someone back 50. What what do you feel about them not even getting well, again? Baseball America is not the definitive, you know, end all be all of of prospects, but still they're pretty respected. None of them crack the top one hundred. What do you think? Yeah, a little disappointing that you weren't able to get more for Addison Reed, and, and you know you got more quantity over quality. You know, sometimes these guys hit. You, you never know. It, it's just good to stockpile on. That's one of the good things that I know. And I'm reading here from Matthew Cerrone, uh, who we've had on our show before, a big Mets guy for, for MetsBlog.com, uh, that Callahan, I'm reading, and I'm just going to read right off what he said because uh, he knows better than we do. Callahan is the short term. Uh, he's the short term to get here. Uh, so they're, they're assuming that Jamie Callahan will be a guy that can come up and, and hopefully contribute somewhat in their bullpen. Um, he might be able to help this season or next season. He was told, Cerrone was told by a team dealing with Boston that they prefer, they preferred to pay Reed's salary but give up mid-level arms as opposed to having the Mets pay Reed's salary and give up less players than an elite arm. Um, he says, I like it better the way it went down because the Mets need as much new talent as they can get. And I, that's that's the kind of the way I feel about it. Like I just said, you're getting guys in you. You're getting arms. You can never have too many uh, arms, whether it's in the bullpen, whether it's starting pitching, we've seen the need for the Mets to have both uh, this year, and, and so uh, yeah, it would have been nice to get a more of an elite arm or an elite player for, for Reed. But again, you got some quantity in here, you got some guys, you got some arms, and and hopefully that they turn into something, and you know they very well could turn into nothing, or you know what, you know it could just be a rental for the Red Sox, and maybe the Mets get him back next year. Who knows? Maybe, but I just. I want to dive a little bit deeper. Again, I know Baseball America not the definitive end-all, be-all, but uh, those three guys don't even rank in the top ten prospects for the Red Sox. Yeah, so, no, it's, it's, I, that kind I, of sucks. I feel like, you weren't able to cope like, somebody like that. I feel like you could have at least got somebody. Somebody top ten. Also, they, they weren't all going to be top ten. But I feel like they definitely could have got one guy top 100, one guy top ten, and then the one guy just because they need another guy. But, yeah, I, I feel like, I, again, there are plenty of trades where people have gotten unranked uh, prospects and end up being Hall of Famers. But just from judging this trade day one, it's not that good. Well, here's, here's something else. And, and, again, these are guys that know better than we do. Um, MLB reporter John Heyman of our very own uh, fan rag, I believe he is, he's, he's from. Um, you know, he scouts, he's talked to scouts and, 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 and things about the, the retrade. And, 
He said the Mets. Are, he said that they believe that the Mets are getting a really good return here for Addison Reed. Another MLB source told Newsday's Mark Carrig the same thing that they're getting a really good pull. So maybe that these guys aren't ranked in the top, you know, 100 or you know even top 10 of the Red Sox organization. But maybe these guys are you know better than they they lead on to be, and maybe they do turn into something. Like you said, it's not the end all be all, but hopefully, you know, you, you just you just kind of like I said, you gather arms. And you hope that some of them hit and some of them kind of turn into useful bullpen pieces because it doesn't seem like any of these guys are going to be, you know, big time starting pitchers and not big prospects, but they could turn into good pieces in the bullpen. And, and that's what the Mets really been lacking. And that's kind of where uh, Major League Baseball is going from here. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I will, uh, I will accept their answers as, as, gospel really compared to mine because I, I don't have watched any of these players so um i will take the scouts word on it that they're good you know again i haven't scouted them so i'm not I'm, i can't really uh i can't say that it's it's i can't say i don't want them i just know that from what reed seemed like he was the traction he was getting i felt like they would have got a, a few a few players across the board uh, that everyone thought were good prospects, not just you know, a few scouts here or there uh, or you know, the internet or, or whoever is judging these trades. Um, I, I just I thought there could have been there could have been at least one better piece in that trade. But now time will tell when it comes to prospects. Here you go. Here's here's the three guys. Jamie Callahan, I'm going to read them off to the staff and age and all that. Uh, Jamie Callahan, 22 years young. Uh, in the minors this year, he was in double-A and triple-A. Uh, his combined stats for the two, they were better in triple-A in, in or double-A. Uh, in triple-A, he was just one-and-one one with a 4-3 ERA in 22 games. But overall, in the minors this year, he's 5-2 and two with a 3-2-1 ERA in 32 games, six days out of six opportunities. He's converted all four in triple-A in and fall Tucket this year. Uh, he's thrown 42 innings, and he's striking out 56 guys. He's got good strikeout stuff. Uh, hitters are only hitting 226 against him. Uh, Callahan looks like the you know the most possible ready right away, like uh, like Sarone was saying. Uh, Gerson Bautista also 22 years young. Uh, he was only at advanced A ball this year. He's three and two with a five to one six ERA in 27 games, uh, four for eight for save opportunities. And again, a guy who can strike out batters, 45 innings pitched, 53 strikeouts, but hitters almost getting 300 against him. So. He's got some, and he's got some time, and he's, he's got to grow. But he's 22 years old and in advanced A ball. That's not, that's not a good start. That no, not a good start. Good. He, he's, he's, no, he's, he's one of the lesser guys that they got. And, and same thing here for, uh, Nogasek. He's, uh, he's also 22, and he's in, um, advanced A ball. He is two and one with a 4.08 ERA, but combined this year for the minors. Four and four with just over a three ERA in 36 games. Uh, he's got 19 saves out of 23 opportunities, so that's not too bad. Uh, 53 innings pitched and 63 strikeouts, and hitters are only hitting 212 against him. So it seems like right now Nogasek and and Callahan are the two guys that you're really getting back in this deal, and, and Callahan probably the closest, uh, who's 22 years old and can potentially be a guy to help you either this year or in the next year or two. Uh, you know, but I, I still feel like, you know, dang, two guys at 22 years old in advance A. You know, what, what it's not, realistically it's not they're bad. doing. It's not bad. 
That's it's not, not bad. Good. It's it's a reliever. It's a reliever. It's not like you're you're relying on these guys to come up and be stud starters. You know, we know what these guys are going to be. They're they're not going to be studs. They're going to be guys that can you know be pieces in the bullpen eventually. You're hoping. Eventually, well, how old are these guys going to be when they hit the majors? Twenty-seven. Doesn't matter. It's, yes, it does matter because they're twenty. What they get training two years with these guys. Well, that, why would you want to rush it. them up if they're if they're not ready? You just kind of you let them go through the minors. You you, you season them a little bit with some salt, some pepper, and I then just, you hopefully I, I just, get them up. I just wouldn't I just wouldn't trade for anyone below Double A who's at twenty two years old. That's 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 what I would do because that's yeah, but if you're in single A ball at twenty two. There's a problem. That that's a that's a problem. Why is that a problem? Uh, that's not a problem. That's a guy right out of college just getting getting going in the minor league. That's a guy right out of college who's just getting going in the minor, in the minor league. That's not a problem. That's just kind of how know. it goes I, sometimes. I feel like they should be a double A at that point. If they're, if they're real prospects, real good prospects, they Well, that's the thing. They're not real prospects. These guys are not real like, prospects. They're just guys that are there, and they're, they're, they're filler players, and they're, hope that you, they're, they're guys that you hope will continue so, to right, progress. So, so think, about what, think about what you just said. We traded Addison Reed, who's a very good arm, for guys who were eh at best. Eh. And we have one well, you guy don't know that. who maybe well we're we're looking at, at the numbers right now. We're looking at the numbers and we're looking at their positioning and overall not impressed. Not impressed at all. Uh this is this is this is bad. This is not good. Now you got two guys in, in advanced day at twenty two years old who aren't it's not they're dominating advanced day, they're not. And yeah, Callahan, who's okay. For Ashton Reed, who we definitely could have got something more from. Um, uh, I, don't I don't know. I mean, I, I think they would have. I, I think they would have. I'm sure they tried to get more. It's not like Addison Reed is an all star. It's not like he's a I, Chapman I or a, an Andrew Miller. No, but I think they could have got someone better than this. Reed was a hot commodity right now, and they traded him for almost nothing. Uh, it's. It's not good. It's it's you're, it's really not. I good. I don't mind. I, I think it's fine. I think you got you got AJ Ramos to come in here replacing guys who's younger, who's who's had more experience closing. I I, I think it's fine. I'm honestly more happy with with what they got back for Lucas Duda, you know, and Drew Smith. Again, yeah, no, I, I like the arm that they got back for yeah. Lucas Duda. Yeah, yeah, not not ranked out to a Baseball America, but you know, the kid is a twenty is twenty three years old. Bouncing back and forth between double A and triple A, which means he's going to be moved up within the next couple of years to the majors. We'll at least get some return for him uh, in the near future. I have no idea when these advanced A guys are coming up. That's they, they sometimes never that that's how it happens. You get guys that are fillers, and sometimes they never make it. And sometimes you're hoping that you you hit big on somebody. That's kind of how I, it is. I guess, you know I, how I, it happens. I I get that, but you shouldn't be trading for people like that. You can draft people like that, but why are you trading people like that? Well, people that, get traded like that all the time. But not when they're the majority. I don't think it's a bad trade. I, I think they got some. They got some arms back. You get some. Nah, you bet. get some chips to play with if you're Sandy Alderson now. But let's go to the Yankees right now because well, we got my man just, Nick Vigliotti just, on the line, and he's going to be talking some Yankees baseball. Don't worry, Matty. We'll get back to the Mets and we'll we'll debate this a little bit more. Maybe Nick wants to jump in here, and you've been listening to the conversation, Nick. What do you think? Well. Actually, can I put a quick question to Nick before he starts? Nick, if I told you that before this was done, that the Mets would get a better deal for Lucas Duda than Addison Reed, would you think that's crazy? I would think that's 
crazy, actually, because Lucas Duda, I feel like it's just like a a one-trick pony kind of, just power, and that's really it. And Addison Reed can be a guy who can really help a team, like, solidify and shorten a game on a contender. So I'm actually shocked that that if you said that Duda would get a better return than Reed, I'd, I'd be surprised. There we go. And I think that they obviously got a better, a better deal with Drew Smith for Duda than three guys from Boston for Reed. But I'm sorry. Uh, back back to you, Greg. Well, Callahan could end up being a guy like like Smith. So we'll see. I mean, he got they got a couple more arms in there. Again, time will tell. And, yes, these things are going to take a little time to material, materialize, whether it be with with Bautista or with uh, Nogasek. So we'll see what happens. But, again, we're talking with Nick Vigliotti here. He's nice enough to join us of MLB Advanced Media. I work with him over there. Big Yankee fan. And the Yankees, Nick, have done a lot of wheeling and dealing so far. And, and you've been a big, well, not proponent, but somebody who's been against this Todd Frazier deal to go along with Robertson and Canley. Why were you so against that trade that the Yankees made just a couple weeks ago? The the number one thing was trading a top one of our top five prospects in Blake Rutherford and getting back uh Todd Frazier who was batting two oh six. Like someone who's batting two oh six is not someone who is really is he really gonna help the team? And in two weeks his average has gone up to two oh eight. So I guess he's gotten a little better. Whoa. But but that ain't uh that's not really like doing it. And, I mean, Canley, though, I mean, I like Canley and Robertson, even though he didn't sign my hat last year. But, but I mean, like, I feel like our bullpen was good enough without – I mean, Tyler Clifford, anything you were Tyler Clifford, I guess, is, is good. But, but like, I just don't think it was a necessary thing to get rid of a potential middle-of-the-lineup guy in Blake Rutherford for Todd Frazier for this season. I, I just don't think that was worth it. Yeah, that I was. Uh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm ahead, in agreement. Matt. I don't think I don't think this is a good trade at all. I think this is a a very very bad trade. I don't think that. Listen, the Yankees traded more away for Todd Frazier than the Mets got back for Addison Reed. That's what. Again, I'm oh, sorry I can't go. hop off this Addison Reed thing, but how how how? He's, he's Todd Frazier is you know, a one time All Star back in the day. Yeah, hitting 208 as uh, as you just said. I I feel like you know a, a team building for 2018 going out and getting Frazier. Obviously, Robertson's very good, uh, but going out and getting Frazier and trading away some of our future just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe New York teams run backwards because I don't understand any of these trades right now. <laughs> See, if if we would have went after Duda and Addison Reed, I know that was a a possible thing. I would have been I would have been happier with that. Like honestly, Rutherford for Reed and, and Duda, and, like, obviously more than just Rutherford probably. But, like, that would have been fine because Duda is not hitting below 220. And he's got that easy porch at Yankee Stadium. We just saw him with the Rays, two games, two home runs. I mean, it's, it's 300 feet down the line. I mean, I would have been, been fine with that. And Addison Reed is comfortable in that setup role for Batantis and, and Chapman. And I just think that would have been an easier, a better deal for the Yankees. Well, listen, if, if yeah, they're trading yeah. for for Reed and Duda, 
they could have given the, the ball boy and the snack guy and probably would have gotten that because the Mets don't have to make trades. So I, <laughs> I agree. That would have been a much better deal. I don't know if you can say you know, the Mets don't know how to make trades. I mean, they did get Noah Syndergaard for an aging uh, R.A. Dickey. That was, that was a pretty good deal. On That's straight robbery. Definitely on that robbery. That deal. Yeah. Literally straight robbers. So Sandy Oldish knows what he's doing a little bit. And he ended up getting Cespedes for Fulmer, which ended up being a good deal for both sides. So, you know, you, you're not oh, they're not always going to be winners, and maybe this one isn't going to be a winner, but, you know, we'll see what happens. And, and as far as the Yankee deal goes with Frazier and Canley and Robertson, I think this deal was less about Todd Frazier. Yes, obviously it helps the need this year at their base. I mean, you, know, you can kind of – play Chase Headley a little less or maybe play him at first a little bit or Cooper, whomever you want to play over there at first and you let Frazier play third. But it's more about the bullpen pieces and solidifying that bullpen because you've seen, yes, Clippard was, Clippard's been awful. We know that. And it was good to get rid of him. But Chapman seems he, he's kind of feeling some effects maybe from last year being used a little bit too much down the stretch by Madden. Uh, Batantis, you're leaning on him a little bit too much. He's been a little shaky lately. So you get these guys in here to solidify that bullpen and shorten the game because we know that the Yankees don't have a lot of starters. Obviously, Pineda going down and him not being you know, probably able to return this season, you go out and get a guy like Jaime Garcia to help solidify that rotation, and you get those bullpen pieces that aren't just rentals for this year. They're under team control for the next year or two then, you know, that that's really what you're making this move for. And I get, you know, it, it sucks giving up, your, you know, a top five prospect. But if you look at the Yankees outfield, you know, he you know he might have been able to fit in there. Maybe he would have forced his way in there. But maybe he wouldn't really have gotten a chance if other guys were playing well ahead of him anyways. Yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from. It's just for a, a guy like a level, like for Blake Rutherford, I think he's in the top. 30 or at least 50 definitely for MLB prospects. I think maybe they could have packaged him with something else and gotten a little more. Like if he was in, involved in like a possible Sonny Gray, Yachty Alonso deal, I think I think that would have been more all the lines of value if they got back for him. But I get I get the bullpen shortening games and stuff. But I think the Yankees' focus should have been more on the, the starting end with a guy with a chip like Rutherford, a trade chip like Rutherford. Yeah, Rutherford was ranked 37 when he got traded, or 30, uh, yeah, 30, no, 30, 36th by Baseball America as overall prospect, third as a Yankees prospect, um, and we, I definitely not equal, definitely not an equal trade for the Fraser Robertson de- uh, deal. And yeah, I, I think if it was going to go to Gray, I think that'd be much different. But still, it, I just don't like trading Rutherford to begin with. But yeah, you know. yeah, no, I, uh, it's it was. I see where Greg, Greg's also coming from, though, because the outfield is is packed with people. I know they've been trying to move Mateo also to center field uh, down, and he's in Double A. But it, it, yeah, it's it's a weird like conundrum. They have all these these prospects, like even on the pitching side of things, and there's just not enough like room on the roster for everybody. So people will have to get traded. It sucks that they have your roster, and what we got back, I think they got a little more. But yeah, it would have been. It would be nice to have an outfield of him, Frazier, Judge of the future. That would have been, that would have been something. Yeah, I know you said that Again, about, about Mateo. Mateo and Florio uh, both be rumored for the Sunny Gray trade. Uh, yeah. That uh, honestly, I would love to have Sunny Gray. I think that'd be that'd be that'd be huge. But uh, that would be a lot of big prospects walking through yeah. our doors, uh, walking out of our doors within a month. So, uh, how do you feel about that? You know, again, we're not a team 
obviously we're, we're doing well this year, but I don't think in any world that we're a World Series contender this year. We're really building for 2018, and we're kind of throwing these guys away. Um, but I don't know. What, what do you think? Hold on, Nick. Well, Nick I mean, before you answer, Nick, before you answer, Nick, I just wanted to point out this. I like how you, Matt, are kind of jumping on both bandwagons, calling you like us, our team, this, we for the Mets and the Yankees. You, you play both sides of the fence. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, um, I'm sorry. Can you, can you repeat the question, please, Matt? Uh, oh, uh, you know, with obviously we're doing well this year. Right? A lot better than I thought, than most people thought we would do in the Yankees. Um, right. But I don't think they're World Series contenders for this year. Uh, we're really right. gearing up for 2018 and beyond. There was a real run. Uh, and if they do make this trade for Gray, although I think we do need Gray, having Florial, Matteo, Rutherford all walk out of our doors, does that – how do you feel about that? Cause that's a lot of big prospects leaving for, you know, for, for trades. Uh, and I, I feel like, you know, for a team that's building for the future, throwing away – Guys, I think throwing Rutherford, um, I, I don't see how this is a good thing at all. I wonder how you right. feel about yeah. that. Yeah, no, see, that's – I was actually just thinking about that, like, the other day when, like, there was, like, possible, like, Darvish, you Darvish rumors to the Yankees. And it was, I was thinking in the exact same mindset as you right now. It's just, like, if it were a team building for the future, why trade away that future for two months of something that – more than likely does not end with number 28 going up on the banners. And, um, but like right now I'm at that point where if they can get a pitcher with control, like I think Gray has a couple of years left, which is probably why the A's are holding out for a better price. Uh, like a guy like Florial, I mean, I wouldn't be that upset if it brings that a sunny Gray. Like right now, obviously, and I think, like, Clint Frazier obviously should not be traded now. Uh, once you brought him up and he's had a decent amount of success, I, I think that's all right. Him, obviously, Gliber cannot get traded. But, like, those, like the lower, not lower tier, but just not at the elite tier of prospects, like Florio, Mateo, and um, uh, there's a couple of pitching guys, too. I, I, I don't know if I would trade Sheffield, but... Like the the second level guys who aren't really supposed to be like elite players, if they bring back pitchers with control, like contributors with more than two years of control, I w- I wouldn't hate it, hate it. Because like I was saying, there's just not we have so many prospects right now. It's hard to like fill out a roster with all of them with space for everybody. Yeah, again we're yeah, talking I, with I, Nick Vigliotti. I hear on, uh, on on the Big Apple Sports Hour with Dobsky and G. Go ahead. No, I, I understand that. Listen, I'm I'm all on board for getting Sonny Gray. You know, he's a 27 year old pitcher, um, and I, he's a very good 27 year old pitcher. There's a lot of time left with him. I think he has a three year deal right now, where he's going to be a free agent in 2020, I believe. So there's still time on this guy's contract. He's young. He's pretty much what we want some of our prospects to end up being. So I'm okay with trading away some guys for Gray. But I feel like because of the Frazier trade, where we already jumped so many prospects, including Rutherford, one of our biggest ones, that trading more prospects is almost like a – it's almost painful. We really should have held out longer. And we're definitely just not put Rutherford anywhere near that deal. Uh, and mm-hmm. I would have been much more comfortable with the Sunny Gray deal. Um, 
because I, I think we got we gave away Rutherford pretty much. Uh, no, I, I like David Robertson, but still, Rutherford is one of the best prospects in the in the world uh, right now. Right. And we gave and we gave him away for for again less than what the Red Sox gave for Addison Reed. Uh, it's just it's amazing. Um, it's uh, it's I I just feel like they they played fast and loose, maybe a little too early with their prospects early in in July. Um, you know, if, if Mateo has to go and Florio has to go for Gray, I, I get it. But I think after that point, I think it's definitely got to hold on because no, then we're yeah, then, then we're dumping too much into the future. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think maybe they they could have possibly like bought their own hype a little bit. The, the front office when they were when they were dominating those first couple months of the season, and they tried to maybe just think they had a real shot at 28, which I, I don't think they they really do. I think they're a little a little too too premature for that right now. But yeah, I think if if they can get Florio or Mateo for Gray, that'd be great. But if not, then I would I would just hold off on on the prospects for something else. Yeah, I think I'm of, the Yankees are kind of in in an, in an interesting spot because you know Matt and I talked a lot about you know okay whether or not the Yankees should go for it or should not go for it, and they seem like. They're trying to go for it without giving up huge prospects. Obviously, they're not going to give up Frazier. They're not going to give up Torres. But they may be willing to part with a Florio or a Mateo. And if you're going to part with a guy like that, you definitely don't want it to be for a Justin Verlander, whose contract is $28 million, or maybe like a guy like Darvish, who's a little bit more expensive as well. But Sonny Gray, like you mentioned, Matt, 27 years old, he's under team control for the next two years, and he's making less than $4 million. That's the kind of guy that you want to get in there because he's shown when he's healthy on, you know, not great teams, he can be really effective. And the Yankees need a guy who, in that starting rotation, can be effective. Because, I mean, you look at it, and, and Tanaka, lately he's pitched better. CeCe's been, you know, pretty decent the whole year. Severino has been a nice gem this year, a nice bounce back. Uh, but you lose Pineda. You've got Montgomery, who's been pretty good for the most part. You add in Jaime Garcia. If you can add in a Sonny Gray to that rotation, maybe you think about the Yankees making a little bit of noise in the postseason this year. Obviously, it's going to be tough to see them raising, like you said, Nick, number 28. But at the same time, it would be nice to get into the postseason, and then you just you really don't know what happens. Maybe the Yankees get on a roll, and maybe they, they make some noise. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think they go. I don't. I think they can maybe make some noise, but the Yankees are. I'm not saying they're going to win a championship. I'm not going to make championship, but they, they can make some noise. They can still build for the future without giving up a whole lot. If you get a guy like Sonny Gray in here for maybe a Mateo or a Florio, you know that's not give. That's not mortgaging your future a lot of the times. But if you give up a Frazier, if you give up a Torres, yeah, that's going to be you know mortgaging your future a little well, bit. Well, it, it's not giving up a four or Mateo. It's going to be giving up both of them and probably another guy as well, uh, which, you know, it, it, it's painful after trading Rutherford earlier in the, in the summer for Frazier uh, and the Robertson deal. Uh, that, that's, that's what the issue is, that the Gray deal by itself is not bad. That's, it's a great trade because getting something Gray would be excellent because he's a young player, a very good young player, who can help us out for, you know, two, three years. Inexpensive, but, keep control. But, Right, but but because they already made this trade earlier in the summer, it's it's starting to hurt. You know that that's that's where it hurts. You know, it'd be like uh, it'd be like if you went to a casino, Greg, and you threw down like two hundred bucks on blackjack. You know, it's like all right, it's two hundred bucks. You, know, you win or lose, we'll see what how it goes. 
not a big deal. But if you just spent four grand two weeks prior, then that, that 200 bucks extra looks a little painful. Looks a little painful. And that's where it is right now. Is but it's not like it. when you're gambling, you, you, you cannot get anything returned. But this, they're getting things in return, and you've got to give up something to get something. That's, that's what you have to do in baseball. That's what you have to do with but trade. They gave, but they gave up too much early. That's the issue. Right. I don't think they, they gave up too much early. early. They gave up one guy who could be a stud in the major league. Yeah, I get that. They, they who could be, but again, he's a prospect. Yes. Prospects yeah, but you, you don't know if all ranked, those guys are going to make it. It doesn't matter. One's ranked 36th in the world. That's that. That's again, they're prospects. For Todd, you don't know. It's not just Todd. It's not about Todd Frazier. It's more about the bullpen. Doesn't matter, man. It, it's less about it's less about like Todd bowling. Frazier and more about the bullpen. Not it. Listen, in any sport, prospects and draft picks are like gold, and they gave away a gem for practically nothing. I think I think if you give away a, a Torres or a Frazier, that would have been a gem or a, a Judge. But I, I, you just don't know about Rutherford. You know, maybe he well, could no, be. Maybe he won't be. If they trade Judge, that's a very different thing. That's that's trading away the house. But no, it's, <laughs> it, yeah, it's, when it, when it comes to any really any pro sport, draft picks and prospects are gold, especially ones that are high ranking. And they gave away Rutherford, who's essentially gold, for Frazier, Robertson, and uh, I already forgot what the last guy was. Now Canley, Canley, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, who cares about Canley? Um, <laughs> of that, two good relievers. That's what the trade's for. No, no, Robertson's a good reliever. Canley's okay. Canley's Frazier, a good reliever yeah. too. I'm not compared to Robertson, and not for for Rutherford. You could have given Clifford Polo for for uh, Canley, and that have been fine. But it's the Rutherford's in the deal, and really, the the best piece are getting back. Is Again, Robertson you got to give up something with, to get something. I feel like this without. You take away Rutherford out of this deal and put maybe a lower prospect in this place, that feels fine. But because it's Rutherford, that's not enough back. Well, Tommy Canley, uh, let me just let me just let me just let me just give you his numbers real quick. He's only one and three on the season, but he's got a two one six ERA in forty three games. He's pitched forty one in a third innings. He's got sixty nine strikeouts with a point nine whip. That's pretty damn good. Tommy Canley. Let's take a look at Tommy Canley. Let's take a look at, at, at big boy Tommy Canley. Uh, Tommy Canley, yeah, man, he's looking fine. It's all right. 27-year-old from Latham. Like it. A pretty Works. damn good bullpen. And that's what the major league is going towards nowadays. And Cash can realize that. And, again, you have to give up something to get something. But we got to let Nick Vicks go because he's got to get going to work in a few minutes. I know that. But, Nick, let me just ask you before you get up out of here, um, before we get up out of here, what would you like to see the Yankees do before four o'clock today? Before four o'clock, if they can swing a deal for Gray or or somebody, uh, I mean, pretty much Gray. Really, I really want Darvish. So it's just be if they can swing a deal for Gray, great. And if not, then just stand pat and ride this year out because they're already a year ahead of schedule. Nick Vigliotti of MLB Advanced Media. I will see you at work today later, my friend. Thank you for popping on the Big Apple Sports Hour with Topsky and G. Thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks, man. Thanks, Fred. And, yeah, Dredd, see you later. (laughs) Yes, sir. I'll see you later. There he goes, Nick Viggs, one of the best. Love that kid. He uh, 
knows his Yankees and uh, maybe a little bit shy on the air. I don't know how much he jumps up on the air, but talking to him yesterday about it and I uh, thought it might be a good idea to share some of his thoughts on the Yankees. And, and we had a nice little debate going there about the uh, the Mets and the Yankees. And Matty, let, let's jump back on the Met train for a second. Uh, and not about Addison Reed. I get you don't like that. You know, we'll differ on that, whatever. But what do you think about the A.J. Ramos trade? Throwing out more trades I have to look up now. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, well, you know, they got A.J. Ramos. Yeah, let, let me look up the trade real quick, and then I will let you know how yeah. I feel. Yeah. Well, here, here's an article on, on the New York Post where A.J. Ramos did a double take, it says, when he heard he was traded to the Mets. Is that a good says, double take or like? <laughs> he says, I mean, he's getting out of Miami. I'm not, I think that can't be a bad thing. Uh, you're going to a team that's, that's supposed to be better than Miami for the next couple of years. So I, I can't assume that's a bad thing. He goes, I heard all, all kinds of rumors, but I didn't hear the mess at all, Ramos said on Sunday. When they told me, I had to ask, wait, are you sure? He's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> Listen, that, that's fine. Um, uh, he might be the, the second most happy uh, traded man this this season so far. I, I know this is a little off topic in terms of uh, in terms of, of what, we're, what we're doing right now. But did you hear about the uh, the Cardell Jones trade from the Buffalo Bills to the San Diego Chargers? I, I heard that he got traded. Do you hear what happened to them? Uh, what he did though in the uh, in the office of the Bills when he found out he was traded. Did he do a backflip? He cried literal tears of joy. Literal <laughs> tears of joy that he was leaving. He... So Can you, you blame know, him? I, I, no, of course not. I'm very happy for him because he shouldn't be there. But, all right, so looking at this, uh, the A.J. Ramos trade is great. Um, you know, they, they gave up uh, – I'm assuming that's Cespedes' brother they gave up? Uh, no, I don't think it's Cespedes' brother. I think it's another guy just named Cespedes. Then he's not worth it. Yeah. So those two guys unranked, <laughs> nothing really big about them. And they got Ramos back, man. He has 20, what, 20 saves for the Marlins, which, you yeah. know, the Marlins don't win anything. So that must be all their wins. Um, and uh, a 3 6 3 ERA. Obviously, they got a little pounded um, in his game with the Mets with uh, not not the greatest two earned runs, but this kid is good. This is, this, is, this, this is a good trade. This is how you do trades. Um, that's fine. I think that that's an absolute uh, – that, that's a very good trade. They didn't give up a whole lot for him, and they got back a, a, a solid reliever. Here's, here's, another, here's another thing about Ramos that I'm not sure if you knew, but I, I didn't know until I was watching the game yesterday when he came in. Uh, he didn't fare too well, but the Mets were losing anyway, so it didn't really matter. Um, uh, Ramos has an elongated middle finger on his right hand uh, that he credits for helping him throw his signature splitter. He goes, it's a gift and a curse. My middle finger is almost an inch longer than my index finger, so that's why my ball has natural cut to it. If I'm not in the right position, sometimes it gets away from me. If reporters get me mad, this finger is really big. (laughs) (laughs) He'll get along in New York just fine. Yeah. I I like it. That's that's a good move. That's a solid move by the Mets right there, but – uh, and yeah, you know, I think it was it was next year, so it's good. That's a, that's a fine trade. Yeah, yeah, it was um it was very forward thinking by the Mets and Sandy others, and knowing that the Marlins are going to be looking to trade off pieces, um, you know, that was another piece that 
you know, these other teams like Boston or whomever else is looking for, for bullpen help could have gone to the Marlins and said, hey, like, let me try to get A.J. Ramos. Instead, the Mets go and get him. They cut down the market for a closer, and they try to corner it with Addison Reed, which you don't think they did a good job for. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. But, um, you know, and there's another trade rumor out here on, on MetsBlog.com that came out today that says the Mets are not optimistic about trading as Drupal Cabrera. And honestly, I wouldn't. I don't know how you feel, but I, I wouldn't really have a problem if they had trade him because if this if, if you can have him return for next year, this is a guy who could come in and, and if, he, if he will want to, if he's willing to play alongside a Met Rosario on the left side of the infield and play some third base, I think this is a guy switch hitter who can hit second in the order, can do a lot of things. He's a gamer, will be a good guy to have in this in the clubhouse in the lineup next year. Absolutely, if he's willing to play ball, then yeah. But all the reports is that he's not willing to play ball. So, um, obviously, you'd like to have the best players, you know, the best nine on the field uh, at all times. But uh, egos come into play, and uh, if, his, if his ego won't let him you know, go to third and, and, and play alongside Rosario, then he has to be shipped because no matter how good he is, if he's an issue in the locker room or behind the scenes, he's not worth it. I would love him to say, though, because he's definitely he's a great player. And I think he'd be, he would – know be excellent for the Mets going forward um but uh, he actually wouldn't play ball yeah all right let, let's transition a little bit we got about 15 minutes left of the program and again if, if anybody likes to get involved if you're listening uh feel free to give us a call 914-338-0897 again that's 914-338-0897 chime in with with anything that's on your mind whether it's the Mets the Yankees anything that we talked to Nick about um, and, and maybe anything, you know, if you want to talk a little Knicks, you want to talk a little Mets. But we are going to talk something that's more in Matt Stasi's wheelhouse right now. Let's talk a little bit about the National Football League. And let's do it starting with your New York football giants. And this is something that I wanted to bring up to you to say uh, about Odell Beckham Jr. You know, I'm sure you, you heard his comments over the last couple of days about how he not only wants to be the highest paid wide receiver, but the highest paid player in all of football. What's your feeling on how Odell Beckham views himself? Well, listen, I'm, I'm happy he wants to be the highest paid player. Um, I feel like if you're, no matter who you are and what industry, you want to be the highest paid whatever, um, that should be your goal. It's not going to happen. It's absolutely not going to happen. Uh, he's not going to be the highest paid player in the NFL. It's just, there's zero chance. He also has no leverage because no one's going to pay him that. Uh, and there's, I can definitely, he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid a lot of money. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants put a ton of uh, incentives in his deal um, and, and really make player friendly. But at the end of the day, I'll be making more than Eli Manning. That's just not going to happen. But, yeah, he's going to get paid, and he should get paid. He's been a fantastic receiver in his time in the NFL. Uh, you can argue he's, been, he's probably one of the top five receivers out there right now. I, I, I would definitely argue that. Uh, so he deserves to get paid. I just don't think he's going to get paid as much as he would like. Yeah, I, I mean, until he kind of cleans up his act and his antics and things like that and, and – and, I don't know how he can anticipate being the, you know, the, the highest paid player in all of football when there's a more important position 
on the field in quarterback, who everybody knows is if you have one, you have a you have a chance, you have an opportunity. Um, you don't always need great wide receivers in order to be really great, and we've seen that obviously with what the Patriots have been able to do over the years. And there's an article on uh, sports sportsnot.com. And uh, they talked a little bit about Odell Beckham Jr. And they talked to Mike Evans about it. And this is what Mike Evans, the wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Bucks, had to say. He says, Odell's trying to just trying to be the highest paid in the league. He's in the face of the NFL, but I don't know if he should be the highest paid player. He's the highest paid in endorsements. So that's good. But as far as highest paid player, quarterback is the most valuable position in team sports. So I would think a quarterback but I, he should be definitely paid as one of the top three receivers, though, end quote. So Mike Evans and I, kind of best friends on the same page there. Um, I'd say, you know, basically best friends with Jason at this point. Uh, listen, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think he's going to pay. I definitely think he's going to be the highest paid receiver when he uh, strikes his new deal. So what the Giants could hope for, though, is that you know, they're going to have to draft a quarterback uh, within the next one or two years if you know, Davis does not work out because uh, Eli is not going to last much longer. That's $20 million right there that we just don't – are not using anymore because Eli won't be around. Yeah. Maybe they do give – maybe they give Beckham a huge deal uh, for the, you know, the, the, the prime of his career knowing that their quarterbacks are making rookie, you know, rookie money. Uh, that's, that's definitely a possibility. But I, I still think he's. But not is that smart? Would you want to do that? Odell's one of the best players in the league. Uh, you have to find a way to keep this kid. Absolutely, he's a he's in a Pro Bowler every year he's been in the league, and he's been an All Pro uh, the last two years. Uh, he's only been around. It's going to be his fourth year in the league. He's an absolute monster. Absolute monster. He's on. He's yeah. It's very early, but he's on pace to being one of the best receivers of all time. So, yes, I would, I would find a way to keep him in. And if, if the Giants had the cap room to do it, yeah, why not? But realistically, I don't think it's going to happen. And if he, even if he is the highest paid player, he'll only be for a year before the next guy signs the next major deal. So, I, I don't think he's – but either way, I don't think he's the highest paid player, but I definitely think he's the highest paid receiver by a large margin when he signs his new deal. So you're okay. Let me ask you this. With all the antics and things that come with Odell Beckham Jr., you think even if he continues to do those things, proposing the kicking net, kicking the kicking net, whatever he did, going out on boat trips before playoff games, things like that, you're okay with him doing all those things and you'll still pay him a lot of money to keep him here? He went on a boat trip six days prior to the playoffs. So I'm not upset that he went on a boat trip. Uh, I, I really I know it probably had nothing to do with the, the poor performance no, of the playoff think, game, but I it's just the, the way it looks, the optics. And it, I, I know it doesn't look, doesn't look good, but, you know, he overall, compared to the rest of the star players in the league, is pretty mild. That's really mild. Oh, he kicked the kicking net in frustration, and then he joking around and proposed to it when the season got a little bit better. And, yeah, he went on a, and he went on a, a – Shirtless Miami trip, uh, six days prior to the to the postseason. One of those is just lack of experience with the boat trip. That's something that 
if because there there was really no veteran presence in the receiving core, you could say Cruz, but Cruz now although he's a, a, a veteran and he's a good receiver where he was, that dude's always been about his you know uh, you know his his platform and and, and his uh, his brand. So I uh, he's not the one to be like, oh, we probably should just hang back. I don't think Odell's ever gonna do that again because uh, he a even if it had nothing to do, and I don't think it had anything to do with the playoffs, the New York media, media will find anything to hang you by. And that was one of them. And it, it, it killed them for it. But the kicking that thing, no, nah, man, listen, there are people over here hitting women, sexually abusing people, killing people. And my big, and the biggest problem with my star players, they keep kicking that. I'm all right. That's, I can get behind that. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. You know, he is honestly he's a special talent, and I mean, I think he needs that little bit of a you know an attitude adjustment, and, and I think he'll be fine. I think. And let me ask you this: you know, with Brandon Marshall coming in here, is this a guy who's going to help influence him, or you know, do you think he won't really have much of an impact on on Odell? I think Brandon's going to have a great impact on Odell. Uh, I know that Marshall is uh, he's hot and cold when it comes to his personality. I know that he has, uh, I don't know if it's bipolar or, or whatever he has. They've been fighting his entire life. But Brandon's coming in to the twilight of his career, and he wants to win. That's why he's with the Giants. He wants to win. And if not Odell, with the Jets anymore. Yeah, now. And if Odell is in, gonna be in the way of Brandon winning, Brandon's going to tell him to uh, get in line. And I definitely see, think he could be a huge asset for teaching this young receiving core or really keep, not, really, not really teaching them, but like keeping them on a straight and narrow. As, li- as long as we're winning. If we're losing, then we might have an issue. But while we're winning, I think Brandon will keep them on a straight and narrow. Uh, but in terms of uh, what Brandon can bring in in terms of production, I think he's going to be the greatest red zone threat Eli's had since Flasco Burris. So it's going to be great. That's literally the name I was just thinking of. So I'm glad we were kind of – we're finishing the show on, on a good wavelength there. <laughs> so what are you excited most about this Giants team this year? I, I know obviously bringing in Marshall's exciting. You've got Odell there. You know, you know Eli's got to kind of pick up his game a little bit. What are, you, what are you most excited about? Seeing this defense hopefully at full strength with some of the guys that they've added, um, you know, hopeful production out of the offensive line, better than we've seen in years. Uh, maybe Eli getting more comfortable in this offense, even though he's gotten another year older. So it's, it's kind of tough to run McAdoo's offense if you're not as mobile, which is which Eli clearly is not. Uh, well, what's some things that you're looking forward to with this Giants season as we, we you know we've getting gotten into training camp here? Uh, well, my the thing I am the most excited for is Evan Ingram. I can't wait to watch Evan Ingram play for the New York Giants, man. Uh, first round tight end. I really didn't think. That's where they were going to go with this. I'm happy they did because I love it. Complete difference maker uh, in the NFL. He, he's you – know, everyone you – know, I'm not sure how much you know about Evan Ingram uh, or really the casual fan does because Evan didn't get a whole lot of coverage going into the draft. You know, he wasn't rumored as one of the top tight ends. Pretty much everyone focused on O.J. Howard. Uh, and David Njoku going into it. So Evan kind of took a back seat. Evan Ingram ran a faster 40 time than Odell Beckham Jr. Wow. And that's a tight end. I want, I, I, he is six foot three, 
235 pounds, and he ran a faster 40 time than Odell Beckham Jr. Is a complete difference maker in the NFL. And I think McAdoo, if he does this properly, can have a pro bowler on his hands in year one. Now, Evan, he's a little limited in what he can do athletically when it comes to, you know, ball skills. He's, he's not, no, he's not one hand grabbing behind the back type guy. He's a guy, he's a catch and run. He's in the catch and run. And, you know, you're going to be putting Evan against safety, against linebackers. And then if it's against the corner, he's six foot three, two thirty five. He could be the X factor this year. He doesn't get enough love. I don't think people realize how good he is and how fast he is, but he can absolutely be the X factor uh, for this Giants team because now you have Shepard, who's a quick, shifty receiver. You have Odell, who's one of the best receivers in the league, and you have Ingram, who is just the fastest I've ever seen a tight end run, a, a good tight end run uh, between the twenties and you have Marshall in the red zone. Eli should have the, one of the best years he's ever had post Plastico uh, with, with this receiving core. So I'm excited to see that. I'm really excited to see that. I, I'm, I'm going to try to catch a couple practices over the next week or two. I really want to see them uh, see how they run, uh, how this offense runs because it should be great. Now, with all these new weapons and things, and you know, you seem all excited and, and hyped up. You know, you mentioned Eli should have a much better year or one of his better years that he's had in a while. If he doesn't have a, another good year, like we've seen the last couple of years, does that mean it's kind of time to move on from Eli, or maybe is it time to get a different system in here? Because you know, we've seen he, he kind of struggled a little bit with the system that that McAdoo's trying to kind of employ. Well, you know, I, I would say no because you no, know, he didn't do great last year at McAdoo's. In 2015, when McAdoo joined the team, he became a Pro Bowler again. So it's you know, he, he's Eli Manning. This guy is the most consistently inconsistent quarterback I've I've ever watched. So it, uh, changing changing system is not going to do anything. Uh, really, it's just how Eli performs, and I, I and I that's. I know that's not a great X's and O's breakdown, but there is no science behind Eli Manning and, and, and how he does things. It's just sometimes Eli is as hot as can be, and there are the times when he is as ice cold. Uh, but with this, with this team around him, he has the potential to be uh, you know, excellent, absolutely excellent. Um, which is really all you can ask for is to put your quarterback in the position to be great. Uh, but would, you know, if, he's, if he's not good, will we move on from Eli? No, nah, I don't think so. It's, right now he's, still, he's signed through 2019. Um, and I, we really wouldn't save any money. No, we would save a little bit of money in, in, in 2018 by, uh, by getting rid of him, but you know, not enough. And that's what, and that says what we're going to get Davis Webb as, as our as our quarterback. I'm not sure that that's any better. I don't think Davis Webb's that good to begin with. Uh, so we would have to draft a quarterback round one. So again, I, I feel like yeah, if it, was, if it was a fantasy football league, 
yeah, if he doesn't perform well, Eli's done. Because this is the real NFL, and even if Eli doesn't perform well, they'll still probably be drafting 20th to 25th. There's there's no chance there'll be a – well, there's a very small chance that there'll be a franchise quarterback waiting around that area um, for these guys. So, I, I just – again, I think Eli – I'm hoping he has a great year. Even if he doesn't do well, I don't think this is going to be Eli's last year in the Giants unless he wants it to be. Yeah, I was going to say, if if Eli doesn't have another good season and, uh, you know, Giant fans with this great defense and these, you know, these, these talented skill players around, I don't know if Giant fans, and you can attest to this better than I can, I don't know if, if you guys are going to be able to stand another kind of maybe first-round exit in the playoffs or something along those lines. Uh, I think, honestly, if, if we're first-round exit, it's going to be because of our O-line. And Giants fans are smart enough to know when it's Eli's fault and when it's the line's fault or the receiver's fault. Right now, our starting line, uh, the guards and center are fine, having Hugh Richburg and Jerry there. But right now, it's the Eric Flowers and Bobby Hart. I love Bobby Hart. I liked Eric Flowers, too, coming out of college. But I always thought he should on the right side, at least to start. Uh, unfortunately, the world doesn't work that way. He was thrown into the fire early because injuries made it that way. Um, but these guys have to take the next step. Flowers and Hart have to take the next step. If they don't, that will be the reason why Eli doesn't achieve his full potential this year. Um, I would say at least that's a better chance of that being the reason why than Eli is not being good. Uh, because Hart and Flowers have to protect the quarterback. The Cowboys the Redskins, the Eagles, all upgraded their D-line. Um, and it, it, it's, it's going to show early if Flowers and Hart can play the bookend. Well, you know, us New York fans can be quite irrational from time to time. So, you know, we, we don't always know if, if, if they're going to just blame Eli, even though it, it might be the receiver's fault or it might be the offensive line's fault. So, Time will tell. It'll be an exciting season. Training camp continues on here as we roll on with the Big Apple Sports Hour here with Stopsky and G. And uh, we will be back next week. Maddie, it's been a fun show. I appreciate everybody listening. Nick Vigliotti of MLB Advanced Media. Appreciate him calling in, talking to the Yankees with us. And we will do it again soon, my friend. And hopefully I'll see you this weekend. It was good talking to you, buddy. I will, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you Monday. All right. Hopefully, well, hopefully I'll talk to you on the, you know, before that, and, and oh, yeah. maybe yeah, you, yeah, you'll be able to come to my thing on Saturday. Yeah, I'll definitely. Let's be honest. I'll probably text you in like 30 minutes. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't be too worried. <laughs> True. I will. Uh, yeah, we're always talking. So I'll talk to you soon. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the trade deadline for Major League Baseball. It's coming up at 4 o'clock. Stay locked and loaded. So all of your teams, whoever you follow, hopefully they get better, whether it's via trading away pieces and getting pieces in return or gathering some pieces that they're looking to improve their team in 2017 to make that run for an eventual World Series shot. Enjoy. We'll catch you next time, everybody. This has been the Big Apple Sports Hour with Stopsky and G here on blogtalkradio.com and the Double G Sports Radio Network. See you later.